when I, when I was first invited, when I was invited to become the pastor of this church, um, I expected a lot of things. Uh, I had a lot of hopes and expectations, but this is not something I expected. <laughs> to, to one day email everybody and say, don't come to church this week. Uh, I didn't expect that the government would ban gatherings of, um, of 100 people. And, and just like you, you here and the ones at home, we're, figuring, we're all trying to figure this out as we go. But I, I want to say I'm, I'm committed to serving the Lord in this time. I'm committed to serving this church and leading, leading this church through this time, through this season, through this new season. So, <laughs> um, I'm actually really convinced that the Lord has placed us all in this, place, in this time and in this place uh, and when I talk about place, I'm not talking about being here in Thornton. I'm talking about wherever we are and all of our circumstances that God has placed us for his, in this time, this place for his purposes. And his purposes are good. His purposes are good. Even though uh, when you look at the news and you see what's going on, it doesn't seem good, but his purposes are good. And I want to encourage you today, and I want to encourage myself, I want to give us all something that's going to build us up and give us hope in this new season. And I'm calling it a new season. We've been... Yeah, for, for a long time we've been praying, Lord, bring, you know, bring in the new season and what's happening. Like it's so different from what we're normal, what we're used to. It's not probably what we hoped for, but it's a new season. It's a, a time of change. People respond to crises in different ways. Some people are feeling the need to, you know, to rush down to the supermarket and to stock up on all sorts of, all sorts of things. Others, uh, we prefer not to really think about it and just treat, treat it like everything's normal. We all respond differently. Everybody, everybody's trying to process what none of us have experienced before. We're all trying to work it out. Every day, we're having to respond to updates from the government. Uh, we're seeing news updates, Facebook updates, Updates from friends and families, uh, countless emails. How many emails have you had from companies that you subscribed to years ago? And they're, and they're telling you about what they're doing down at their shop to make sure that... Yeah, interesting. But they're also responding to something that they've never been through before as well. You know, um, at the beginning of the week, I think it was back on Monday or Tuesday, the government said no more gatherings of 500. So I thought, sweet, we can still gather as a church. By Thursday... It was 100 people, you know, like it's, it was responding to change. We're living in a world of uncertainty and change. And yet we all need, we all need to have something that we can hold on to. Humans, humans are really resilient. We're a resilient bunch in the face of change. But we need something that won't change. And we all know this deep down. Maybe this is part of the reason why people, um, like we feel the need to stock up on goods. Because it's something that we can hold on to that won't change, at least for a few days. We know this deep down, it's the way we're made. And the words of this book, this Bible, this book of books, this book has remained for thousands of years. At least 2,000 for the New Testament, even more for the Old Testament. This book has talked to people about Jesus, and for, for a long time, thousands of years, people have believed what it says. And you think about the changes that have happened over the last 2,000 years. And yet we still have this book. we still got the Bible. People all around the world believing what it says in here. So, I've got a few Bibles spread around the place. And if you're, if you're at home, then grab your Bible. You might be on your phone. Grab your, grab your app. Because I want to turn to a verse um, that's really important. 
you got, you've got your Bibles out, I want to turn to one and, and I actually really encourage you to, to memorize it. The book is Hebrews 13.8. Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8. I'll get it up on the screen, eh? This is what it says, Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can see that in Facebook land. Yep. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The same today. It's astounding, isn't it? This is crazy. We can't say this about anyone or anything else in our world of change. Jesus stands firm. (laughs) Jesus stands firm. He is unchangeable. His words stand firm. His love stands firm. The truth of who he is stands firm. And this is so powerful. My nana in her house in Norton Terrace in Kilburnie, on her wall, she had this hanging on her wall. Jesus Christ, the same today, same yesterday, today and forever. She lived through World War I, the Spanish flu pandemic, the Depression, World War II, the Cold War, Korean War, Vietnam War. She lived through being a missionary in South America. She lived through having to come back with her family while my grandpa continued serving over there. Um, and she had to raise her children on her own in New Zealand. She lived through uh, Grandpa dying and then um, Nana being a widow. And up on her wall in her kitchen were these words, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The gospel, the gospel according to John is all about Jesus. It was written by someone who knew Jesus when he walked the earth. John knew Jesus in the flesh. John saw Jesus eat. He, he saw Jesus drink. He saw Jesus cry. He saw Jesus laugh. He saw Jesus dealing with difficulty. He saw Jesus dealing with pain. And John believed that Jesus was fully human, and he believed that Jesus was fully God. John calls Jesus the Word. And so again, like pick up your Bible, open up your app. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's what we sang about this morning. The Word is Jesus. He is God. He is God's communication to us unchangeable, unshakable. He's the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will not overcome his light. This is important because when Jesus speaks, it's God speaking. We've got the four four books of the Gospels in our Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in those Gospels, we can hear Jesus speaking. We can hear God speaking, the words of God. And Jesus speaks right into situations like the current one we're in. Like this, in Matthew seven twenty four. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Lots of us are quite familiar with this story. 
and lots of us live in Wellington, and we know about how the earth can shake, and we know about how buildings can fall if they don't have good foundations and good structures. And now what we see happening around the world is actually we're witnessing how human systems and structures can also fail. And so it makes no sense to put our confidence and to build our lives on things that can fail, like the economy or air travel or even, even our job security. We, we can see like all of that can be taken away in a moment. If we build on things like that, that's like building our house on the sand. It's like building... It's like it's a recipe for disaster. But what if we could build our lives and our confidence on something that was unshakable, that's something that doesn't change? And this is what Jesus is talking about, building our lives on something that doesn't change, figuring out how to build our lives on his words, the words of someone who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be the same. It means that we can have confidence through changes that God doesn't change, that Jesus doesn't change. It begins with Jesus. It begins with believing, deciding to believe that he is who the Bible says he is, that he is the word of God. That's the beginning. And the next step follows. If Jesus is God, if Jesus is the word of God, meaning he is God speaking to us, then we should take heart, we should take to heart what he says. We should build our lives on the things that he teaches. So what he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But how do we do this? How do we build our lives on what he teaches? Building our lives on what he says means listening to what he says. Listening means relationship with him. It means being with him. He is the word of God. He is God speaking to us. He speaks to us because he desires a relationship with us. Do you remember the beginning of 2020? Two and a half, whole two and a half months ago, right? Feels like a lifetime ago. Back in January, before, before there was a global pandemic, We'd been hearing a bit about COVID-19. Actually, it hadn't even been named COVID-19 at that point. At that point, it was still restricted to China. But back at the beginning of the year, the Lord was reminding us of the importance of relationship with him and of being in really close, intimate relationship with him. And the word that, the word that, was, uh, that was describing this is abiding. Abiding. And Jesus says this is so critically important that we can't do anything good unless we abide in him. So I'm going to read this passage again. You might be getting really sick of it. But it's the words of Jesus. And I reckon that if we can keep coming back to it, keep reminding ourselves of abiding, then this is actually going to see us through so much. So John 15, 1 to 5. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
and we'll continue on from verse 6. If everyone does not, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might be, might be complete in you, and that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. I need Susan in the front row to be correcting my pronunciation. Hi, Susan. Miss you. <laughs> Abide in me, abide in me. He says, abide in me and I in you. Uh, when, we, when we make that decision that we believe that Jesus is God and we confess our sins and we receive his complete forgiveness, we enter into an incredible relationship, intimate relationship with God. And we use words like communion, communion with God. Or we describe it like, Jesus entered my heart. Jesus popped into my heart. He actually abides in us. He's in our, in our lives. And this is incredible. God of the universe in us, abiding in us. And this is where it gets quite messy with our heads because we've kind of got to get our heads around the concept that God is in us, God abiding in us, and at the same time we abide in God. He's in and on and around us all at the same time. Jesus in us. And us and him. Abide in me and I in you. And then he says later on here, Abide in my love. I think this sounds pretty great. Abide in my love. He says, If if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Okay. He isn't saying that he's going to love us any less if we disobey his commandments. He's not saying he's going to love us less if we don't do the things that he says. I think the way to think about this is more like if we do the things that he says, if we follow in the, in the footsteps of Jesus, then we're actually positioning ourselves in a place to receive his love, to know his love, to abide in his love. To receive, to know, and to experience more and more of his love. A negative way to think about it is if we don't do what he says, if we don't obey his commandments, if we disobey him, then we're actually cutting ourselves off from accepting and abiding in his love. So abiding in him. This might seem like a bit of a tangent, but this week uh, we've been planning on uh, doing something that's called the Matthew 25 Challenge from World Vision. And we are planning on it and we're still going to do it. The Matthew 25 challenge. It's a, it's a challenge from World Vision as a way to actually engage with the words of Jesus. So it, is, it does connect with what I'm talking about. It's a seven-day text challenge. You get text messages, and it begins tomorrow, and it's free. All right? So you don't have to pay any money. That's awesome. You don't need to leave home as well. It's good timing, right? And, and, and it's also a way for us to like journey together as a, as, a, as a church community, even though we're all in different locations. Okay, it's a seven-day text challenge. I'm just going to read the script. It's a seven-day text challenge that begins tomorrow. It's free to participate in. All you need is the internet. Hopefully the internet's still 
uh, running. All you need is the internet during the week to watch the videos. This challenge is going to walk us through Matthew 25, 34 to 40 as a community. So Matthew 25, if you go and read that chapter, it's the words of Jesus. It's Jesus speaking to us. Each day this week, if you sign up to it, you'll receive a message from World Vision. Uh, actually, I think there might be multiple text messages each day. And they're going to give you and, and your family or me and, and my family a small challenge, calling us out of our comfort zone. Uh, this is sounding less appealing now. I want to stay in my comfort zone. No, I don't. And you'll learn, and you'll learn about... Um, You'll learn about children living in extreme poverty, and you'll get reflection questions to, to help us grow our heart for the poor, to help us grow our heart for, for, others, for others that are suffering. And I've been assured that this is not a sneaky method from World Vision just to get your contact details. They're not going to hassle you after it's all over. But at the end of it, next Sunday, I don't know how this is going to work out, but next Sunday there will be an opportunity to sponsor a, sponsor a child, and some of you might choose to do this. But the bigger purpose is to engage with Jesus' words. I've been talking about this, right? Listening to the words of Jesus are listening to the words of God, abiding in his words. And we can journey together, building our lives on what he says, and do the things he teaches. Do you want to come and read it? Okay, Johnny's going to come and read that scripture for us. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. It's powerful. How do you sign up then, eh? You can do it right now. Uh, you can jump on your phone, and um, all you need to do is send a text with your first name to 2060. So you can do that right now if you want. Um, I'll just wait for you. Don't, don't cut it. Yeah, if you're using your phone, then uh, write it down on a piece of paper, 2060, and just put, put your first name in the text, 2060. How's that going? Everybody signing up? <laughs> Pardon? Did you do it last week? Yeah, awesome. Full credit. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a chocolate? Okay. Dear Lord, should I give Caleb a chocolate? <laughs> okay. So 2060, put your first name in. Moving on. Abiding in Jesus is multifaceted. So this, this is one way that you can abide in the words of Jesus by doing the Matthew 25 challenge this week. It's multifaceted, just as our relationship with other people is multifaceted. And, and in the season of um, uncertainty and change and fear, I think we really need to be a people that um, intentionally abide in Jesus. It's very easy to let, um, to let the fear kind of grip, grip our hearts. Uh, and I've got some really powerful ways to abide in the game. Like these are these are just some things that have been highlighted to me. But God is infinite, right? He's and He's got unique ways of of uh, helping us abide in Him. So first of all, 
read and engage with the Bible. I've got this first of all because this, this is uh, God's revelation of himself to us. Read the scriptures to learn about God, to learn about Jesus, to learn about how God has been faithful. These stories have survived thousands of years. They've been through all kinds of crises. You can read songs written by people facing suffering and hardship in the Psalms, and yet somehow these people hold on to God. You can read stories of hope in the New Testament. Use uh, the Bible Project videos. You know, we've been... These are things that we've been talking about lots, like over the last, you know, last few years at CV. Bible project videos, they're all tools that we can, ta- can, we can take going forward. Bible project videos, listen to podcasts to help you unpack things. Read and engage the Bible. Uh, the second thing, pray at every opportunity, every moment. You might, you might find yourself pressed for time alone, like some of you have got family and, and you might be at home with the kids all day, especially with... Um, you know, the potential for self-isolation and so on. But, but be creative. Praying to, praying to the Lord doesn't mean you have to um, be on your own in your room. You might just have 30 seconds when you go to the toilet <laughs> or half an hour in the shower, if you're lucky. Waking up in the middle of the night. I, I've been doing this a lot. I wake up 3.30 in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning, the best way I've found to fall back to sleep is to start praying for people. It's amazing. It's a miracle. Uh, Dad, if you're watching this, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like um, expose you now. Uh, Dad, Dad likes to Dad likes to pray when he's shaving. I remember Dad talking to me about how he'd intercede for people when he's having a shave every day. <laughs> If you're following at home, uh, Caleb just said to Johnny that Johnny could shave his back. Um, <laughs> could pray for the whole church that way. <laughs> this is going downhill. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's you? Is I can usually see everybody cringing. <laughs> All right. And, and finally, and maybe this is most important, remind yourself. Remind yourself and remind others of who really is in charge. Remind yourself that Jesus is the king. One of Jesus' names is Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. In, the, in this age that we're in, the season that we're in, fear is rampant. It's nuts. And so we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is why I, I want us to uh, memorize. It's a, it's a short verse. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to be reminding ourselves constantly, every hour, maybe every 15 minutes, maybe every five minutes. We might have to say it out loud. Jesus, you're the King over all the earth. Speak it to our hearts. Maybe... Maybe we'll be in situations where we can tell others. We tell we can tell other people that we're around who are feeling fear. We could we can turn our attention. What if we could turn our attention to Jesus as many times as we as we check Facebook updates or we check the news feeds? If we're fill, if we're building our lives on what He says, then we need to fill our lives with His words. Man, yesterday um, I was checking the news throughout the day, and I. Every time I did it, I could feel fear and anxiety building in my heart. I, I noticed my heart rate increasing, like classic signs of anxiety, right? I could feel the anxiety rising within me. 
And and so what I found is like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed because I was able to prepare this message. So I had to stop looking at the news. I had to prepare the talk. And I found that as I start preparing this, as I start to think about Jesus and who he is, that anxiety, it, it actually evaporated really quickly. We might want to have practices of like, okay, I'm only going to check the news once a day. We don't need to check it all day. I don't think there's any, any updates that we need to be looking at all day that's actually going to improve our lives. We might want to only check the news once a day, and we might want to also restrict how many times we look at um, Facebook. I'm just saying this for our, own, for our own well-being. I know it for myself. I've decided I'm not going to be checking it until 6 p.m. or something, you know? In the olden days, people used to just watch the news once a day, 6 p.m. Yeah. Bring to mind Jesus the King of Kings. Sing these songs. Sing these songs. Finally, God's got this. God's got this. He's been speaking to us, Capital Vineyard Church, and also Vineyard Churches across across the country. Like he's been speaking, going a new a new time is coming, a new harvest is coming. And remember this: I've been I've been talking about this so many times. This this word from Genesis forty nine twenty two, which has been um, which has been spoken to us as a church. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. This time last week, we were able to all gather together. This week, we're scattered across the Wellington region. It's like the branches of vineyard are overflowing the walls, right? In a, in a very real sense. Running over the walls, all kinds of places, yet the branches, we're still connected. We're still connected to one another, and we're still connected to Jesus. And we need to be drawing from the spring. There's this line, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches running over the wall. The branches are still connected to the spring. The spring is Jesus, abiding in Jesus. The Lord hasn't forgotten us. His kingdom continues to advance. And we know that for all those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. God's got this. This is a new season. It's unlike anything that any of us have experienced. And in this new season, let's abide in Jesus. Let's listen to what he says and let's seek out what he is doing in this season. His purposes, uh, his kingdom is still on the move. I, I wonder if in this time there's going to be a new openness to Jesus. It's sure making me desperate for Jesus. Let's carry his hope into our communities. Remember, Remember I was talking about this a couple of months ago. Hope is a cure for fear. Hope is the cure for fear. Let's carry his light into the darkness. And as we let his light shine, as we let his light shine deep in our hearts. All right, guys. Um, uh, why don't we stand together? This is what we do at the end of church, right? We stand together. You know, if you're at home, then why don't you stand? Um, go ahead, put your hand on your heart. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to invite the Lord of peace to bless us. Okay, the words of um, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul, Second Thessalonians, he says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Lord Jesus, this morning we, we fix our eyes on you again and we invite you into our, into our present situations, Lord. We invite your peace to come and invade our hearts. Lord, in this, in this place where we are, this hub in the city, all the hubs that are, uh, that are joining in, all the homes that are joining in, let your peace invade. And as we go out from this place, 
Lord, let us carry your hope and your light out into the darkness. And Father, we, we also lift up our country to you. We lift up Wellington City before you, New Zealand, and actually the whole world, Lord, whole world, the whole earth. Lord, that you would, you would save us from this crisis. Lord, we cry out to you, Father, that you would, uh, you would stop this virus in its tracks and your good purposes would be worked out. Lord, I, I pray for an end to fear. We pray for um, an end, end to, the, to evil, Lord. You don't want people to be suffering and dying. So we cry out for your mercy, Lord Jesus, in our time and in our age. Pour out your Spirit upon us, upon our city, upon Aotearoa, upon the world. We bless you, King of Kings. Amen. Amen.